all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Thank you, thank you, Boo, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, everybody. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Come on, let's go with the crowd. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to have a good one today. A good show, a lot of information. Expose, I like to call it. Expose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, virtual crowd, but crowd, but seriously, I'm going to get right into this. First, I'd like to say hello to all my listeners. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and my night listeners around the country, around and internationally, everywhere. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk, where you're going to get some real talk with some real information on here. No spin, no spin on this show, Body of Christ Real Talk. Now, I'm going fast because I want to get right into this. It's this series I've been watching called uh, Vaccine Revealed uh, 2023. And I've been looking at looking over it, looking at it nightly and everything like that. The majority of the information that I hear, I already know about, you know, and I already heard the information before. So it's like singing to the choir with me and everything. But, you know, it's still others out there don't know anything about this information or whatever like that. Now, I'm not, what I was not going to do is going is, was going to play, play, play some sound bites from an audio. This is a video from an audio, and I'm not going to play any sound bites on the whole series unless it's a particular series or interview that I want my listeners to listen to. And this interview is kind of hot to me, and I think it's very important. It has to do them how do they make vaccines and what is the purpose of vaccines. But mainly, I think is this young lady is going to break down how do they make vaccines and what and, and what's in vaccines? Have you ever wondered what was in a vaccine? Have you ever wondered? Now, once upon a time back then, no, I didn't think about vaccines. I was like her, somewhat of an agnostic or just didn't think too much about a vaccine. I just knew people had to get them. I wasn't sure if I got it or not. I remember one, but I don't remember a lot of other vaccines. I'm, it's, it's dark real when it comes to vaccines. But as I've been doing my own little research and been getting a lot of help, mainly from other outside sources and everything, Substacks and subscribers, I have learned so much about vaccines. Now, I got a lot of this stuff in the book. I got a lot, I got a couple of books, you know, uh, Turtles Going Down, and I got another book here that's called Neither Safe Nor Effective, The Evidence Against the COVID Vaccines by Dr. Colleen Huber. I only read a few pages of this. I haven't even got halfway, not even a quarter of this book as of yet, but maybe one day I will, maybe I don't, but I just needed to read a few pages to get it through. I have a hard time 
if it's nothing scriptural, I'm finishing a book, you know, because I get bored and I get so mind boggling because of the verbiage and the technology and the verbiage and the, uh, the, 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 the language of science becomes mind boggling sometimes and I get bored and I get, ah, I, you know, I don't want to hear all that, but it's the basic things, the basic things that I get out of there, out of these certain books and a lot of other things that I have on my, uh, my tablets and stuff like that, that, you know, help me to come to the conclusion that, that that's why I'm anti-vaccine. I just don't think there's a purpose for vaccine. It, it has more to do than even, I know it's about the money and the dollar and the ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching with Big Pharma and all these other cronies. But, you know, far as a vaccine is too much of a problem or a cause is more larger than the benefit, if you could just say, or the effect. The effect of the virus is more of a problem than the benefit what I see. So I like to put it that way. The, the effect is more bigger than the cause. I mean, more bigger than the benefit of the, uh, of the vaccines. Well, without any further ado, let me get into this. If you want to learn what's in the vaccine, please tune in to this. I'm, I might go through the whole thing because there's different interviews, but I just want to hear this doctor because she's boldly letting you know she's one of the few doctors that straight out say they anti-vaccine. I'm talking about doctors that say they straight out vaccine because that's a no-no in the doctor and the science world and in the medical field. You cannot say that. But she's seen so much she can say she's anti-vaccine and she has her read reasons and she has her knowledge why. And she's going to give a testimony about vaccines itself. What's in vaccines? Now, this is not the COVID-19, but this is just... All vaccines is basically almost close. I guess they all... The, most of them made the same. You know, they got all kind of junk and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into this because I want you to hear it from this person coming out of their mouth, someone that knows exactly what's in the vaccines. And I want you to hear this. You know, I looked, I listened to some of them, but I just said, let me go back. I was going to do this later, but I think I need to do this now. So without any further ado, let's get into this interview. And she's going to uh, be interviewed by this other young lady from this show. And she's going to be breaking down. Don't worry about uh, understanding all the, uh, the, uh, the medical terminology because I don't either. But you can get the gist when she said what's in these vaccines and, you know, her, her story why she's anti-vaccine. Let's get into that. This is very important. Congratulations for really getting down the road almost to the end here. What an amazing journey it has been. It's been tough, but it's been rewarding also. Listening to some of these interviews, understanding what's going on in the world, some of these things are tough to hear, but we have to know, we have to understand, ignorance in this case is not bliss. Ignorance can cost you your future. It can cost your children their future. Ignorance is the wrong thing here. We need to be informed, and that is our mission. I really appreciate you being here and your support. And if you haven't already, consider looking. Today, I'm anti-vaccine. However, nations and told when they're due, and we administer them, which is what I did rotating through. My to say today, I am anti-vaccine. Pretty strong statement in this particular interview. You have Dr. Tony Bark. 
having a conversation with Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, and it's very revealing. Let's jump in. So that's the name, Suzanne Humphreys. I know you've seen that all that messing around that I was doing, but I was just trying to get past the introduction and right into the interview. So here comes the interview right now, and I'm going to just let it somewhat go all the way through. It might be a little somewhat lengthy, and I, I can't cut it out because I don't even know what she's going to say because I'm interested in hearing this myself. I know some of her, but not at the length that she's saying. So I'm going to listen to this whole thing with you all. Okay, God bless. Peace out. My name is Dr. Suzanne Humphreys. I'm a medical doctor. My specialty is internal medicine and nephrology, which is kidney specialty. And over the past three to four years, I have moved more towards a holistic orientation with an emphasis on the study of vaccination efficacy and safety and necessity. Dr. Humphreys, when you first began practicing medicine, what were your views on vaccinations and vaccines in general, and how have they evolved or changed, and what are they today? Today, I'm anti-vaccine. However, 10 years ago, I was not anti-vaccine. I was agnostic about vaccines. I was raised up medically in a system that loved vaccines and that has faith in vaccination. I've written many orders for vaccines. I've received vaccines growing up. I received them before medical school. And frankly, I never thought about them all that much because we're not taught about what's in vaccines in medical school. We're not really taught anything about the downside of vaccines in medical school. We're given the uh, schedule for pediatric vaccinations and told when they're due and we administer them, which is what I did rotating through my pediatric rotation, really not thinking about it at all, never asking patients when their last vaccine was when they would present with a problem. And given that vaccines are actually drugs that have lots of chemicals and impact on the immune system, we really should be asking that. So it wasn't until later in my career that I began asking those questions after I started noticing certain things happen. And that's when I started doing my research and I moved from agnostic to someone who questions the necessity of vaccination in this day and age where we are today. Do you think vaccines are safe? Well, the reason I say that I don't believe that there's a guarantee for safety with vaccination has to do with where vaccines originate, what is in them, and the lack of studies that we have comparing vaccinated individuals to unvaccinated individuals. And the reason most of us have faith and don't question vaccines is because we've all been vaccinated, because we don't have a look at a group that's been completely unvaccinated. And it wasn't until I actually had experience with a group of people, children who were totally unvaccinated, that I started to see that what we expect as childhood illnesses and as all the things that happen as we age has something to do with vaccination because that was the only thing that was different about these children that I uh, met about four years ago. I've never seen such healthy children. They had, they did get whooping cough, they did get chicken pox, they had the normal childhood illnesses, but they never required antibiotics. They were never sick for longer than 24 to 48 hours. They were brighter, smarter, it was like talking to aliens after seeing and meeting unvaccinated children. And that's one of the things that got me to really start investigating further was when I noticed that difference. And I think most doctors and people like you don't have the opportunity to really appreciate the difference between a vaccinated and an unvaccinated person, let alone populations. What we need is a study that actually looks at these vaccinated and unvaccinated populations. And that study hasn't been done. And whenever you want to test any drug to see what the effects are, negative or positive, 
you need to compare vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals. And if you want to know the long-term effects or downside or upside of, of the intervention, you have to follow people out for a long period of time. That's never been done with any vaccine. If you think about what's in a vaccine, which most people actually don't think about because they don't know, because it's really not advertised to doctors, it's not advertised to people who are recipients, potential recipients of vaccines. Once you start to look at how a vaccine is made and what's in it, questions have to arise as what could possibly go wrong here that we're not picking up in later years because some of these issues take weeks, months, or years to develop. Okay, so in order to make a vaccine, you have to first obtain the virus or a toxin from the bacteria or a piece of the bacterial cell wall. So you first have to extract disease from an animal or a human. So, for instance, with measles, they got blood of somebody who had measles and they incubated that through a series of cell lines because you can't just inject live measles into a person. You first have to do what they call attenuating it, which is to make it less virulent. So in order to do that, you pass it through different cell lines. So some of the cell lines that they pass this measles through are human cells, amniotic cells of human beings, chicken cells, monkey kidney cells. Okay, so that's what they do after they get the original virus. They have to pass it through to attenuate it. Then after they do that, they have to multiply it so that they can make massive amounts of vaccine. In order to multiply it, they'll, they'll multiply it on all different kinds of cells, like something called a made-in-Darby kidney. This isn't for measles, but for flu shots, for instance, made-in-Darby kidney cells, which are cocker spaniel kidney cells that have been made tumorigenic so that they multiply rapidly. Now, part of those cells go into the vaccine fibroblasts from fetal lung cells, which came from an abortion in 1966, are some of the other cells that these vaccine cultures are grown on. There's a myriad of monkey kidney cells are still used today, and they've been used for a very long time. So all of these things, all these animal cells, animal DNA, are part and parcel with a vaccine. And it's even listed on some of the pack package inserts. So you can imagine that different diseases can be picked up along the way, and that has happened in the past. There have been monkey viruses that were finally, after 30 years, acknowledged to have been causing tumors in human beings, been associated, heavily associated with tumors in human beings. Simeon virus 40, if anyone looks that up, you'll, it's all over the medical literature. This is not occult science. In addition to that, there are various unknowns that can't be picked up during testing, because if you don't know something is in a vaccine, you can't test for it. You have to have a specific test developed to detect any sort of unknown viruses. And things have been found by third parties. Viruses, stray viruses, have been found by third parties in vaccines. So there is a lot that we don't know that happens with vaccines. So, so say somebody gets a vaccine and they develop uh, a, a viral illness, illness afterwards or tumors afterwards. Can we guarantee that person that the vaccine didn't cause that? No, we can't guarantee it. But most doctors in the medical profession and most lay people will never make any connection between the two things. And there haven't been any studies to really assess the difference in cancer rates between vaccinated and unvaccinated. But we do know that cancer rates have gone up as vaccines have, uh, as the practice of vaccination has grown. We do know that. In addition to any kind of stray viruses that come from animals and animal cells and animal DNA, there are all sorts of chemicals that come along with vaccines, formaldehyde, which is a known to toxin and carcinogen. There still is mercury in vaccines, and there was a lot of mercury in vaccines before they removed it, um, but there's still trace amounts of mercury in, in some pediatric vaccines, and there's still mercury in the multi-dose flu shots. 
are there any things in vaccinations that are beneficial or necessary for good health? Well, I believe that people should maintain the right to have vaccines if they want them. What concerns me most about the practice of vaccination is that people who don't want them are losing their rights to refuse them and that there are more and more vaccines being recommended to children and to adults all the time. When I was growing up, there were about six vaccines in the schedule. Now there are about 32 vaccines in the schedule. When I was growing up, we didn't get our first vaccines until we were around kindergarten age. Now infants are getting their first vaccine when they're hours old. When I was growing up, adults didn't get vaccines routinely and regularly, but now adults are being recommended to get influenza vaccines, whooping cough vaccines, and measles vaccines. So the more vaccines we use, ironically, the more vaccines we need. Because what happens is we lose the natural immunity. For instance, with measles, people would develop long-term immunity for up to 75 years. There are studies that were done in the Faroe Islands that showed that once somebody had measles, they stayed immune for 75 years. It's a long time to stay immune. With a vaccination, the kind of immunity that's, that's provoked is not the same as when you develop a natural disease, and it doesn't last as long. Okay, So if you vaccinate a, a little girl for measles, she may stay immune to measles for 20 to 30 years. But when she goes to have her first baby, she's not going to be passing her immunity onto that baby the same and as well as she would have had she had the natural disease because vaccines don't impart, impart the mucosal immunity. So her breast milk won't be as full of uh, protection as it would have been. This is proven in science medical literature as well. I've written about it and it's in conventional medical literature that vaccinated women do not impart the same degree of benefit to their infants as women who have had the natural disease. In addition to that, both her child and she will not maintain long-term immunity because we're not, we don't have measles around circulating anymore because part of the herd immunity that was happening where the term herd immunity was coined had to do with measles. It had to do with the percentage of people who had had measles and were immune to it. And it had to do with the circulation, the ongoing circulation of that virus in the community, which was actually beneficial to, to adults because they were re-exposed over and over. The same with whooping cough, the same with chicken pox. Okay, look at chicken pox today. Chicken pox, most people know of chicken pox as a pretty benign entity. Now we're vaccinating for chicken pox. And hey, the vaccine's working. We're not seeing as much chicken pox, right? So that seems like a good thing. However, what we're seeing more of now is shingles. Because those of us adults who need to be exposed to ongoing... We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy. Eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. Hensonshaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Chickenpox through children aren't, so we're not getting those natural boosters. And so what happens is our immunity level starts to drop 
and we the virus can come out our spinal cord and and give us shingles, which is uh, basically it's a uh, very painful pustules in a specific area on the skin. This has happened both in children and in adults now. I don't think this is an overall benefit. There are many countries who have refused the, the very vaccines that we're giving in the United States. So there are other countries who actually agree with me and their policies are in line with, with, with my thinking that there are too many vaccines too early and that there's no end in sight to how many vaccines people are going to be recommended to have because the more acceptance people have and the more fear they have about disease and the less they know about what they can actually do for these various diseases, which there is a lot we can do and a lot we know about today that actually promotes health, the, the more of a problem it is. There's no possible way that injecting animal matter, live viruses and toxins, as well as chemicals, formaldehyde, aluminum, actually promotes health. This is not a holistic practice. Anyone would have to agree to that. This, there's nothing biochemically, medically necessary about anything that's in a vaccine. It does not fortify us. Vitamin D does. Vitamin C does. Good nutrition does. Good hand washing does. Getting sleep and getting adequate nutrition all benefit us and fortify us. And all of those things are what contributed to the decrease in mortality of the supposed vaccine-preventable diseases before these vaccines were ever invented. And what most people are unaware of is that the mortality for diseases like measles and whooping cough was down almost 100% before the vaccines even came on the scene in the developed world. That's a pretty startling. Now, imagine if somebody invented a drug that decreased mortality by nearly 100% for any disease. That would be a pretty big deal, wouldn't it? You would hear about it all the time, but yet we don't hear about how hygiene and nutrition is really what prolonged our life expectancy and made us healthier as humanity after the 1800s when we really hit a big pothole as far as sickness and disease went. I think that's a major big deal that needs more focus. But when, when these vaccine campaigns are initiated, we never hear about vitamin D and hand washing and even fermented foods that contain isoflavones that can actually that actually have benefited and, and, and documented effectiveness in polio prevention. Why aren't we hearing about this in, 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 with the hype? All we're hearing about is, is, is scaring the population and getting them off to get their flu shots because we're running out of supplies. I don't believe any of that's true. I've investigated that. I've investigated the data on prevention of, of these diseases, especially influenza with the flu shots. I don't think the data is there. There are other professionals that agree with me. Dr. Thomas Jefferson, who heads the Cochrane Collaborative Research Database on influenza, also agrees with me. He has been outspoken about how the pharmaceutical industry and uh, policies are really hyping up the danger of influenza and the effectiveness of these vaccines. But you would never know that by listening to the television or reading the newspaper. And I'm quite concerned about the... Um, about the publicity that vaccinations are getting because it's not balanced and it, the science isn't there because we've never done a vaccinated, unvaccinated study because we haven't done it. Even vaccine studies that are done properly don't Good night. Long. It's time to sleep. Most of them are 24 to 48 hours. They're not looking for the right things. They're not using just one vaccine. We have to look at necessity. We have to look at effectiveness. And what effectiveness means is not just does it stimulate an antibody in our systems? That is 
almost always how trials are done, however, is just to look at how much antibody is stimulated in our systems after we're injected with the vaccine and what kind of titer, usually around one to four, is considered immune for, for various viruses. In order to really know if a vaccine is effective, we would have to intentionally expose the vaccinee to the virus and see if they became ill. We would also have to know whether that person was already immune to that particular virus or not, because say I'm already immune to chickenpox or to the flu, whatever strain is circulating, and you give me a vaccine and I don't get sick. Well, we don't know if I didn't get sick because I was already immune because I've contacted it naturally in the past and perhaps had a subclinical case, which does happen with measles, with chickenpox, with influenza, or whether the vaccine actually had that much of an effect that prevented me from becoming ill. We don't have studies like that. We just have studies that look at the uh, antibody generation after a particular injection. Now, the other problem is that the influenza virus is an RNA virus, and it's a very unstable virus, which is why we have to every year go and create a new vaccine that has different strains in it, because there's all this strain shifting. There's drifting and shifting, which are two different things. But, but just to say that it's an unstable genetic makeup that changes. And so if you don't have an exact match in your immunity, in your immune system from that vaccine, then that you can't say that that vaccine actually helped you. So say we vaccinated the entire population. Well, how many of them actually pre were prevented from getting the circulating strains? Well, we don't really know that, but they have taken some look at this. In order to take a look at it, you would have to... Um, basically get a, a viral culture from a person who becomes ill and verify that it is influenza A or influenza B and what strain it is. And then to see if it actually is a strain that matches the vaccine that the person received. And they find that it's actually a fairly low percentage of matches that happen when those studies are done, somewhere around 13%. So, so can we really, now looking at that, can we say that we have 99% effectiveness if there was kind of a wild card in strain matching and strain shifting, no, we can't. But what's more important to me is that the focus has long been on giving vaccines to prevent disease. When there are so many, and, and like I said before, a vaccine does not fortify our immune system. It stimulates the immune system, but it doesn't make it healthier, smarter, or stronger. It basically makes it have to work harder so that it can't be doing other things in the meantime. There was a study that came out in 2012 by an author named Cowling, C-O-W-L-I-N-G. And they used a true placebo in this study, a saline placebo, and they vaccinated half the people and they didn't vaccinate the other half the people. They found that there was no difference in the um, contraction of influenza between the groups. And they found that the vaccinated group had a five to six times higher rate of non-influenza viral illnesses. Why could that possibly be? Well, we know why that could be. There, 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 there have been theories written about how immunity works for, for, since the 1940s and 1950s. One of the theories is, is, has been coined original antigenic sin. What that means is that your first exposure to a virus leads you to respond to that particular virus so that if you're exposed to another virus that's similar to it, you won't fully respond to that second virus. We saw this happen in the um, swine flu pandemic year, where people were more susceptible to the swine flu who had had the seasonal flu vaccine the year before. That's also documented. There are so many unknowns about the immune system, but we do see in this study that there were more non-influenza viral infections in the people who got vaccinated. 
So what happened to their immune systems? Did they, did they develop enough antibody? Well, they probably did, but it didn't protect them. Why didn't it protect them? That, those kind of studies need to be done because the, the viruses that they contracted, one Coxsackie virus, Echovirus, these are viruses that are pretty nasty that we don't have vaccines for. And that back during the polio days were responsible for part of the paralysis that we were seeing that was called polio that actually wasn't caused by polio viruses. These are questions that need to be answered because vaccines have other effects. They do have downside. And there's still so much we don't know about the immune system. The immunology literature admits that we barely know the tip of the iceberg about how the human immune system actually works. It involves cascades of, of, of T cells and B cells and antibody generation. But antibody generation is actually what happens at the end of an infection. What happens, the first line of defense for all of us, the reason we don't die from every infection we have is because we were endowed with an innate immune system. This is the part of the immune system that vaccines don't provide, which is it's, it's basically the immune system that our thymus was educated in and over and over and over as we've survived exposure in the environment. There are, there are the, those are the cells that are ready and, and waiting to attack, the ones that don't have to be trained. That's a powerful part of our immune system that's significantly overlooked. That part of our immune system requires vitamin C. I believe that most people are walking around in a subclinical state of scurvy because the recommended daily allowances for vitamin C is only 90 milligrams per day. That's not enough when you consider what we're exposed to in this day and age. If you smoke one cigarette, that utilizes about 50 milligrams of vitamin C. So that should tell you that most people just what we're breathing, what we're eating, what we're having to process because vitamin C does so much detoxification and supports our immune system that we're not getting enough. So if we just look at that, like why aren't scientists looking at that and advertising that? Well, how much money could we make by selling vitamin C? Not very much. How much money do we make by selling vaccines and implementing them to the entire world's population starting at one day of age and giving flu vaccines to six-month-old babies for every year for their entire life? How much money is to be made on that? Significant amounts of money. It's an industry. It's an industry with think tanks. It's an industry with government support. Natural holistic health doesn't have that. That the population is not being offered fair and balanced information, and they're not being offered alternatives that actually fortify their innate immune system and their overall health. Were there specific events that challenged your personal views on vaccines? Well, the evolution to where I am now started when I first met a population of school children who were totally unvaccinated. And I noticed that they, none of them were as sick as I was growing up, and none of them were as sick as the patients that I had tended to during my pediatric rotations. Their parents didn't expect their children to be that sick because they weren't that sick. So that, that was part of the beginning. But then when I was working in the hospital in 2009, in succession, I saw three patients brought into the hospital with, with fulminant acute kidney failure. I mean, they weren't making urine and they required immediate dialysis. And they had just weeks to months before had perfectly normal kidney function. Two out of three of them volunteered to me that I was fine until I had that vaccine. I talked to the administration of the hospital because I thought they would want to know about this. But instead of wanting to know, they actively, rapidly refuted any potential correlation between the vaccine and the kidney failure, despite the fact that the nephrology kidney literature is full of case reports and potential mechanisms for how the components of vaccines and the intentional inflammation that's caused by vaccinations 
can either exacerbate underlying kidney problems or create new kidney problems and vasculitis, which affects the kidneys. The fact that the, the potential connection was denied by my colleagues and by the hospital administration necessitated me to start doing some research. And as I started researching just the influenza vaccine, the whole barrage of new information was available to me, not just on that vaccine, but on many other vaccines, on how vaccines are made, on the components, and on the absolute denial that vaccines have any downside by the medical profession. Because of that, I, I was really drawn into the history of vaccination. And then I started to discover that what we were told and what I had heard time and again by my colleagues in the hospital and by the hospital administration, which was the response to me about the flu vaccines, was that smallpox was eradicated by vaccination and polio was eradicated in the Western Hemisphere by vaccines. So what's my problem with vaccines? And at that point, I didn't have an answer to that question because I was never taught anything about smallpox and polio in medical school. But when I started to do the research and read the history books, both the pro-vaccine and the anti-vaccine literature, I was startled. First of all, because what was in those smallpox vaccines is absolutely disgusting. And even some of the most ardent pro-vaccine people today don't want to give smallpox vaccines to the population because they know how devastating that is to the immune system. They were vaccines that were loaded with animal matter and, and debris and that caused all sorts of secondary infections in people. Yet that is the one vaccine that's credited with the only eradication we've ever had. Isn't that strange? Well, when I dug deeper, I found that the most highly vaccinated populations for smallpox were the populations that developed some of the worst, most devastating and deadly smallpox epidemics. This is not something that you can even have a philosophy about. It's hard data that you can look at what the vaccination rates were in different towns throughout Europe, different countries, and also in the United States, because we started taking data in the United States in 1900, and in the UK and England in 1838, they started gathering data. So we have data from back there. So we were able to actually see what the death rates were from certain diseases and what the vaccination rates were, especially with smallpox. And there is a correlation between the deadliest epidemics and the most highly vaccinated populations. And this happened in Japan, in Germany, in England, and the United States. That made me want to learn even more about smallpox and the smallpox history, which is what, what we wrote in our book. Polio was another one because that's one of the vaccines that really scares people because they don't want their kid ending up in one of those iron lungs or, or having a crippled limb like that. And I used to share that fear. However, when I started reading about polio, because I was told that, you know, I should believe in vaccines because of smallpox and polio, it was unbelievable what the history of that vaccine is, what the history of what, what poliomyelitis really is, and how it's been defined over the years and how that's changed. It's incredible. And it's so contorted and complicated that it, it took me 70 pages of writing to just barely tell the beginning of the story. So the fact that these vaccines are what doctors use to with uphold their belief today in vaccination, I think also needs to be critically looked at by these doctors that are upholding their vaccine belief based on that. Because what we understand collectively is really not in line with what the history books and what the data show. Anytime I was consulted on a patient with kidney failure and any other drug was thought by me to be causing the kidney problem, be it a cholesterol medication, a high blood pressure medication, a pain pill, 
an antibiotic, all very common causes of kidney failure. Anytime I ever made that correlation, no questions asked, the drug was stopped, end of story. I was never considered a quack in my career. I was a highly respected nephrologist. I earned a good living and I was teaching the entire time. Nobody ever had a problem with me ethically or philosophically. It was only until I started questioning the practice of vaccination that this occurred. And this happens with all sorts of credible scientists. Once they turn their backs on the practice of vaccination, we're automatically considered a quack, no matter whether we're Nobel Prize winners or not, no matter whether we're neurosurgeons, no matter whether we're successful obstetricians, doctors of chiropractic, PhDs in neuroscience, PhDs in biology, PhDs in immunology. These are all people that are out there now speaking against the practice of vaccination who are categorically, no questions asked, considered quacks. I think that that should raise a red flag for people. And what I found is that when most people hear me speak and hear the pro-vaccine side speak, they're intelligent enough to make up their own mind. What is our best defense against disease? Well, as far as fortifying our own immune systems, I believe this begins probably generations before we're even born. Because there's a whole field now that's, that's, uh, that's basically blossoming called epigenetics, which has to do with what's above the genome. It has to do with what our ancestors were exposed to, what kind of stresses they had, what they were eating, and what kind of uh, disease susceptibilities we have. So we... Wow. That's a mouthful. Now, that's a mouthful. It's a pretty lengthy interview, so I'm not going to play it all because of time constraints. What I want, what what I really wanted my listeners to hear is what's in vaccines. Did you hear even some of? I know it was a lot of jargon. It's, it's a lot of medical terms, but if you like me, you can read between and you can you use your common sense. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's. You know what a monkey is. You know what baby fetuses is. You know what mercury is. You know what a lot of stuff when she mentioned certain animals and stuff like that. You know what that is. So just imagine you putting that stuff in you. Not only that, just imagine. Listen closely to what I'm saying. Just imagine you putting that stuff in you. But the only information that you have about it is that it's safe and effective. That's the famous word. It's safe and effective. 
safe and effective. You hear it around the news. Safe and effective. This vaccine is safe and effective. This vaccine is safe and effective. COVID-19 safe and effective. Gardasol safe and effective. Army, you know, Myrna, all these vaccines safe and effective. And like this doctor was saying, and she know her stuff. She know her stuff. That's why I let her talk. I don't know. The little crumbs that I do know, she puts it down. She's one of the strongest interviewers, one of them. There's many that I have, not that I have, but, you know, that I heard in the interview that really tells the other side. The other ones beat around the bush because they're still kind of in that middle range when it comes to vaccine. They still have their certain teaching about vaccines. Got to be still some good in some vaccines. Vaccines is still... A vaccine is still the answer. You know, you still got a lot of these scientists and doctors that think like that. You know, that think like that. It's almost like a, a denominational tradition or religion. It's hard to get out of. When you've been trained to just believe something is good and you have not been trained on the real history of something since we talk about vaccines, we have not even been trained or taught on the real history of vaccines. I have an ebook that is lost in my tablet somewhere that I got for Ty and Charlene Bullinger. Some more people, they're good, they, they good in health and there. He's a former bodybuilder and stuff like that. And they they good in nutrition and stuff like that. And uh, it's a book on the history, the beginning of vaccines. I read through that a little bit and everything. It's amazing. You know, this, 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 I forget this doctor's name, but he tested it on his kids before. It was doing a little well and whatever. And then I think one of his kids died and another. It's something. I, you know, I have to find that ebook. But I said this before. From what I have learned, the other side, I like to look at things on the other side. When I learned uh, the other side of vaccines, it was easy for me to say, man, I am anti-vaccine. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not putting that stuff in me. If I did in the past, I don't remember when I was a baby. I remember getting one shot, the lollipop shot, because they, they was promised they, was, they were promised they was going to promise to give us a lollipop, a sucker. Me and my uh my sister y- Yolanda, she passed away now years ago, and a lot of us. If we did not cry, we get a sucker. I told that story before on one of my other podcasts. And all of us cried, but Yo-Yo, Yolanda, we call her Yo-Yo, and they call me Jojo. Yo-Yo was the only one that did not cry. She got the lollipop when she got those shots. And that's the only shot I can remember for a vaccine. I don't even know what type of shot it was. It's, um, it probably was immunization shots. But at the same time, I had to get the shots because when I was going for my passport, I had to get my immunization, whatever. They had records of me. And I just don't remember. I just don't remember. And many of you had immunization shots, but could you say today and could your parents say if they're still alive that the immunization shots stop you from getting measles, mumps and polio or whatever like that could you without a doubt say that and prove it I can't I can't I can't prove it okay I wanted to get this out there because I want people to understand. And there's so much information. She has a lot more to say. I'm going to finish looking at it. And uh, 
if you guys want to hear more, you want to hear her testimony uh, of explaining, breaking down, and there's a lot she has to say about what's in vaccines and uh, different things like that. Uh, look up uh, vaccines 2023, vaccines exposed, vaccines revealed 2023. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I can't send it to you on Facebook. I cannot send it to you on YouTube. I can send it to you on your email or text it text it to you. Why? Because Facebook will censor it in a quick minute or second. YouTube will censor it. See? You, you understand what I'm saying? So I cannot send a lot of stuff I can't send to you on Facebook. I got censored a few times on some of the stuff that I had on my show from Facebook and YouTube. They censored me. Even if it wasn't me talking, it was it was, it was, it was against their rules what my guests were saying or whatever like that. This might this what I I'm doing now, if I put it on YouTube, YouTube is gonna censor it. Because these people like rebels. I mean not rebels, but they like outlaws to big pharma and big tech and uh the the mainstream media. So I cannot send it to you by Facebook. I cannot send it to you by YouTube. This is very sensitive stuff. Uh like the young man said, that's their their producers and stuff that that uh directing this stuff really well made. Good pictures, beautiful. You can get the whole series. It's nine series that you can get if you wanna hear more about the histories and a lot of vaccine terminology that you never heard of in your life. And it's good to know something about this stuff they're trying to make you and mandate on you and I. If they're going to mandate some on someone for you to take, don't it make sense for you to be educated on it? They're not going to educate you on it. They just going to give you the safe and effective play, the safe and effective jargon and news. So you have to research and educate yourself. The problem, what we have been doing and many have been doing since the vaccines and the COVID-19 vaccines, we just been, been believing what our doctors and the government told us. So we just took it. I not. I didn't take it, but I don't. I don't take vaccines anyway. But for the ones that did, they scared you so bad, and it was a real fear about COVID nineteen and a, a whole lot of other germs and diseases and stuff like that. They scared people into taking it, and through history, through history, when it comes to vaccines, through history, it has been proven that the effect outweighs the benefit through history. The effect or the cause outweighs the benefit. I talked about that uh, the last time on my podcast when the polio and measles and all that stuff was going down. She said, she said herself, this doctor, close to 100%. I didn't know the percentage, but she said close to 100%. It was dropping when they started 
they start doing the sanitation cleaning, they start doing the hand washing and, you know, the I guess more into vitamins and stuff like that. The, the uh, diseases and germs start cleaning over something like simple hand washing and sanitize, sanitary, uh, you know, procedures and stuff like that. So it was going down when the vaccines came out. So when the vaccines came out, it seemed like the vaccines was responsible for the decline of these diseases and germs. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? And that made somewhat part of made the vaccines popular. Now, something else she said I have mentioned before, but she broke it down. These things really never been clinically tested. So it's just like, you know, we are guinea pigs. All that stuff they putting in them. Now, everybody is doing this. I'm not saying they Dr. Frankenstein's and all that, but I'm just saying they have been taught. You know, uh, you know, it's an arrogance. I worked in hospitals as well around doctors. They got a certain God plunk complex about them. They think they can save the world and stuff like that. So some of them are sincerely, but, you know, they're just sincerely wrong. No one understands this body like they think they do. They, they don't have an inkling how this body works. This God body that God, our creator, made. That's why she was saying, no matter what they make, what type of shot, the, vi- the vaccine will not be able to touch because some things is just naturally made in our body that our body could take care of the stuff. She didn't say it like that. She used a lot of words, but I, you know, I can't use those fancy words. But anyway, I, I, but my common sense and my street way of saying it, you know, the body is a magnificent body. God created a magnificent body. And sometimes it just takes a lot of simple things that we need to do without eating and with our exercise, with our simplest hand washing and stuff like that, that will keep us clean and germ free. See? But the problem with Big Pharma, especially with these little gods, I call them little G gods, the vaccines, no matter what vaccine it is. They push the vaccine on you. Why? And she has mentioned that. Why? First of all, ka-ching. It's profit. They are businessmen. They're out there to make a profit. It's business first. Business before health. They try to camouflage it like it's not, but it's business before health. So if they can't make a big dollar over it, they're not going to promote it, and they're going to put it down, just like they do a lot of other medicines, like the ivermectins and the hydrochloroquines that works for viruses. They've been working for viruses from what I heard 30 and 40, 50 years. All of a sudden, they've been outlawed, and they've been replaced by remdesivir, a dangerous drug, and all these, and uh, palaxavid, and all those dangerous drugs that's out there now. I'm getting a little better at pronouncing these, because I hear it a lot, so... <laughs> I know a lot of you don't know what that is, but I have learned by listening to it, and I know what so many things is, pronouncing-wise anyway. Well, anyway, I'm not here to give you no no medical teaching. I just wanted you to hear her because I don't want to miss say nothing. I don't want to misquote her, but I wanted you to hear that little bit. You know, why? Because I want you to understand. I want you to do your research and make a more uh, intelligent decision when you come to putting things in your children's body and your body in the future. See, the bottom line for me, you, like she said, and I agree, you make your own decision about that. 
when it comes to drugs and vaccines. But the bottom line to me, and I'm not anti-drugs. I think a lot of drugs work. It has been proven. They have been honestly tested. Not the vaccines, though. Because the vaccines is kaching, kaching, profit. Get it out there. Get it out there fast before anybody find out, finds out. And then when Reagan signed that, that liability thing, that really, why do you think they can keep putting vaccines out there even though they know people dying and people getting sick? Because they know since Reagan signed that into law, they cannot be sued. They're not, hold, they're not held liable. That's why they can keep pushing it. Just imagine if they was held liable, they wouldn't be pushing it. These vaccines would have been off the market. They wouldn't even made it through. FDA know that, CDC know that, WHO knows that, NIH, all these type of so-called scientists and doctors know that. That's why they keep pushing these vaccines like they push. And so when an independent person comes out there, they push a nice vitamin D, vitamin C, which I take now. I take vitamin D, vitamin C. I take quite a bit of vitamins now and I you know I don't get sick much unless it's some type of little stomach upset or virus but anyway it's not about me that's why they always get hard on the independent people they knock them hard you know I don't care if it's dental I don't care if it's none of that stuff traditional big pharma big money don't want the independence to come they don't want to hear about natural remedies they don't want to hear about vitamins and stuff like that See, it does not bring any money in. There's no ka-ching-ching ching in there. You understand what I'm saying? So always remember when it comes to vaccines, especially their main motive is not our health. It's the dollar. So you become a guinea pig. It's the dollar. It's the dollar. Many doctors today, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to go. Many doctors today, sadly to say, you can ask a person. Let me say this first. What's more important to you? Life? A person's life or career? The majority of people, almost everybody, say, oh, man, of course, life. No matter what, life. You know, now some people won't, but the majority of the people will say life. Until you have to be tested on it. Because if you've been in a career and it made you a lot of money or you in a lot of debt or whatever like that, you, especially when it comes to doctors and scientists. It's almost like they got a code of a code of ethics that they have to follow in a medical field. It's like almost like, a to me, a secret society. They got a code of ethics that they cannot talk negative or against no vaccines. It's too much money in vaccines, too much money. Now, this is my definition. This is what I'm breaking down. It's like a somewhat of a code of ethics, a silence. They can't talk about it or they'll lose their career or they'll lose their license or get, uh, get other type of threats or whatever like that. It has been proven these things happen. Many doctors and scientists have lost their license, lost their careers because they talked against the vaccine. Not so much against Big Pharma, but against vaccines. Because vaccines is like the little God. You can't talk against the vaccine. It's too much money. It's too much money in vaccines. 
That's why they push so many vaccines. She says over 30 different vaccines now, but it was only six vaccines vaccines when she was younger. I don't know how old she is. I don't know. But she says over 30 some vaccines. And this is not a, a brand new video. This is, I believe this is before COVID-19. Yes, this is before COVID-19. It's kind of an older video. Before the pandemic, I believe. This is before, before the pandemic. So that tells you vaccines has been an issue before the uh, COVID-19 vaccines came out. See? There's many stories about the side effects and the deaths that vaccine has caused. Some people got paid. Some people still fighting to get something because you cannot sue a uh, big farmer. They're supposed to have some type of, you know, some type of... Uh, fund or something, you know, some some people can get compensated. I don't know too much about that, but it's just evil. How could you sign something like that? Well, maybe Reagan signed something like that. These doctors, no, you always got to have somebody liable for something. How could you sign something that make nobody liable when it comes to medicine? Was he forced? Was Ronald Reagan forced? Was he set up or was he part of it? The clink, ka-ching, ka-ching. I don't know. He was a pretty de- decent president, but that's, you know, everybody, a lot of people sell their soul for to protect their own family and political reasons and stuff like that. So what was the reason that he signed something like that? And why Congress and a lot of them are not fighting to get that out of the law? Ka-ching, ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Why Congress ain't speaking up just saying we need to stop this? Why the Senate just saying we need to stop this? They all. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Most of them in it together. Ka-ching, ka-ching. It's billions of dollars that would be lost. Billions, billions, billions of dollars that would be lost if they stopped the vaccines. And they know that. So they, they were rich people's lives to get these vaccines going. Why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. I keep saying that more and more now. And that scripture just comes to life now. And these days, I see that so much now. The love of money, man. There's so much many people would just risk your life, not their life. They will risk your life. They will sacrifice your life for the mighty dollar. Families will sell their own parents and have their own parents die for their insurance because of love of money. The mighty dollar, the old school way to say it, the mighty dollar.
So that's the number one reason Big Pharma pushes it. Ka-ching, ka-ching. FDA getting paid. Ka-ching, ka-ching. CDC, I'm sure, getting paid. Ka-ching, ka-ching. They cannot put their career. Now, let me go back to the doctors. A lot of doctors are not speaking up because they will lose their license. So the ones that said, yes, life is first. They went to school to save people's lives. The whole people, to help people. They went to school to protect us from diseases and health and all kinds. You have different, all kinds of doctors, cardiologists, general doctors, orthopedics, pediatricians, vascular doctors. You have all type of doctors went to school to help save lives. Now a lot of them are sold out. They can lose their license like that. It's already happening in California. They can lose their license like that if they speak against the vaccine, the little G. If they speak uh, anything negative about the vaccine. That's why the Fauci's and all of them seem like they're getting away. God see everything. They haven't got away, especially if they, you know, they don't get their life to Christ. Well, I hope they do, because they, they got a chance to be saved, too. No matter how wicked they are, they can be saved. All right. I know y'all don't want to hear it, but they can. They can be saved. God's desire for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He died for everybody's sin, the good and the wicked. Okay, so never forget that. It's just the majority of them ain't going to heaven. Majority of them ain't going to be saved. They're not going to take that anchor. Okay? They're not going to take that anchor. We are in a time. We are in a time that life is not as precious as it used to be in yesteryear. When it comes to the medical field. When it comes to life in general. Some of these institutions and big pharma have murdered more people than the game, probably all the game bangers put together. Stories of infants. They, what are you doing getting a, a, a pregnant woman a vaccine shot, COVID-19 shot? Now they have stories of babies dying in these ladies' stomach. You ain't heard about that either. They're having a lot of stillbirths. You heard of stillbirths? Baby dying. In the stomachs, babies dying. It's a high rate of stillbirth. It's a high rate of cancer. It's a high rate of infant deaths. Infant deaths. You already know about the athletes falling dead. The young athletes falling dead. The funeral parlors are. A lot of them is getting more funerals now. More people coming in. Some of them more overwhelmed than others. Since the rollout of the vaccines, the COVID nineteen vaccines. Just imagine these babies dying. They're already from infancy get a vaccine shot. They get the immunization shots when they go to school. Now you're forcing a COVID-19 shot, an unknown shot on them that was delivered in six months on Operation Warp Speed from President Trump. Then they made another mandate that they're going to push in on the vaccine schedule. Then they pushed the boosters. And you said, why? One of them is ka-ching, ka-ching. The other one is, and I'm going to say it, depopulation. The Bill Gates theory. His dad was like that too, from what I heard, the Bill Gates theory. Depopulation. The earth is too crowded. You know, some of these people got to go. 
It's too many. See, the WEF and all of them are into this little game. Now, that's the conspiracy part people don't like to talk about. You know, they think I'm a, uh, one of those aluminum heads, pointed aluminum heads when I get into that. The number one motive in a lot of this movement, I'm not just going to say everybody, in my opinion, not only could change, could change money for Big Pharma, but to create this one world government that they most all the elite billionaires will control. But they don't even know. There's someone, there's only going to be one person that's going to control everything going into the tribulation period. That's going to be the beast known as the Antichrist. Every government is going to be under him. If Klaus Schwab gains all them are just puppets, say nothing. Fauci numbers nothing. Compare what this monster is going to be. He's going to come like one of the prince of peace, like he's the savior of the world. But the people left on earth go submit and submit to him. And after three and a half years of tribulation, Satan, the devil incarnate, is going to enter this person. They're going to enter him, so they're going to be ran. This world's going to be... Satan is the prince of the power of the air now, but he hasn't set foot on earth yet. He hasn't been kicked out of the second heavens yet. That's going to happen during the three and a half period, I believe, of the tribulation period. Satan will be kicked out of the second heavens, and he will land here on earth. He's going to come very angry because, you know, God favored the body of Christ over him now. So the fallen angels and Satan, Satan's going to get kicked out. He got kicked out of the first heavens already. That's how he was able to deceive Eve, Adam and Eve. So he became the prince of the power of the air of the second heavens, atmosphere, space, and stuff like that. You know, the prince of the powers of the air, which is the heavenly places as well. He's going to get kicked out of there. The three and a half year, I believe, I have no proof, but I believe the three and a half year, it's going to be somewhat kind of peaceful in the first three and a half years of Triple H. It's going to be bad, but it's going to be like, cakewalk compared to the last two and a half years. And that's when I believe Satan is going to incarnate and enter him. Just like he entered Judas when Judas betrayed, betrayed Jesus. Son of perdition. He's going to enter the Antichrist, the beast. But I'm not going to do any teaching on that now, but I just want every one of my listeners to be prepared. The one world government is already somewhat formed in those in a sense in its infancy. And I notice when I listen to a lot of interviews, most people still trusting and what we can do, what we have to do, what food we need to save up, what we need to do this, who we should vote for. You don't hear nothing about Jesus. You don't hear nothing about God. It's what man can do. And I know a lot of them mean well, but you don't hear God nowhere. And when it comes to Christians, it's like crickets. They're caught up in their own little church world. And while all this stuff is going on, okay, this is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. I hope you got something out of this, what's going on what, what about these vaccines. My advice to you, is to research vaccines. If you haven't got the poking and the jabbing yet, you know, you are grown, you are an adult. My advice to you, 
is, and I really plead for this, if you have a child, please don't force it on your child. Please don't. If you want to take it, you take it. But don't force it on your kid. You might wind up regretting it. I'm not saying you will, but you might wind up regretting it. If you you just heard what she said, and it's a lot of things that I can send you, but you must request it. Don't go about what I say. I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to give you some information. I'm a awareness person trying to keep my listeners aware that they ain't going to do the research themselves. They, they're speculating, whatever, like that. We need more than speculation. We need real research and data and evidence. Not theories and, you know, conspiracies and speculations. This vaccine push is very serious. I told you the other day, this president that really is losing his mind, I believe he has dementia, February 27th, it's a chance that the United States is going to give their sovereignty over to the WHO, one of the most wicked, wicked global uh, health uh, entities in the world. If they give, if Joe Biden is signing, everybody signing into that, it will stop the first time. Thanks for Africa. It will stop the first time. So he could not do it. So everybody ignoring it again from what I heard. And his hero comes sneaking up again. It's a chance. Joe Biden, they have an agenda. He don't have no control. He just he just does what they tell him to do. He's not doing nothing. He's a puppet. They just using him. He can drop dead. They wouldn't care. He, they just using him to sign our sovereignty, health, freedom over to a wicked, evil WHO, which is the World Health Organization. If that happens, that means that any pandemic or edemic breaks out, they have to control to shut the United States down with more lockdowns and more draconian measures. The government gets powerful, more powerful, and more powerful. And on the long run, it's going to happen because people are not paying attention. People are gullible. People just looking another other way that life goes on. See la, see la. What it is, what it is. Oh, sad. But you that's listening to me, you, this uh, doctor asks this doctor, what must we do? What must we do to keep ourselves prepared and protected from germs and diseases? And she was going to give a breakdown, but that's when I cut it off. My question is, what must we do to have eternal life? What must we do? Because no matter what kind of vitamins, and all this stuff is good now. You, we have a spiritual, uh, have a spiritual, spiritual life and death situation. We must think about. Take care of yourself physically, most definitely. I'm trying to do that now. But eternity is the question that needs to be asked. And I don't expect a lot of doctors to ask that, but for an ambassador, for a believer, we need to be asking somebody. Are you saved? Where do you think you're going to go if you die today? Not about their sins. It's not about the sins and this dispensation. Don't, ain't no sense asking them how many times you're a bad person or you need to stop doing this. No, you, you, no, no, no. It ain't about repenting or nothing. It's about believing. Telling them the good news. No matter what you've done, 
before you even say it, those sins and those issues that you got in your head has already been taken care of over 2,000 years ago. Now you just need to believe it, what Jesus did for that. His death, his burial, his resurrection. If you're listening, your eternal assurance is on the line. If you have the shot, I don't know what's in you. I don't know nothing. I don't know what's going to happen. Only God knows. But I just advise and recommend you. You are an adult. Please don't take no more. And please don't give it to your children. If you already have done it. You might even feel the effects. You might even be sick. But you're scared to say something. You in denial. Because you was one of those pro-vaxxers. You pushed it. You, you got caught up in the fear. It, it made me scared too, but it didn't scare me enough to have them. It didn't scare me enough to just take no, put no junk in me because I educated myself and didn't scare me that much. COVID did not scare me that much. That didn't scare me that much. And I got sick. I don't know if it was COVID or the flu because I didn't go to the doctor because I knew what the doctor was going to say. They was going to call it COVID. Everything is COVID. So I medicated myself with the help of my lady, my fiance. I medicated myself and I'm fine. And I was sick. I was very sick. I don't know if it was the flu or COVID. I don't know. But it was a virus. So I can't say it was either. It was one of them. Let me just put it that way. I don't know. Could have been. Could not. I don't know. But I knew I was sick. But I medicated myself. I ain't going to take no shot. I tucked an over-counter stuff and uh, natural remedies and medicated myself. And I'm doing fine. So you don't have to make this vaccine your first choice. No. There's other things out there that can take care of viruses and colds. Don't believe the lie. Don't buy the Kool-Aid. Okay? God bless you all. Body of Christ, real talk. Now it's time for you all to protect your bodies, especially your kids, grandkids, or whatever. If you want to do it, you do it. But please don't force it on your kids or your grandkids or whatever, okay? That's all I recommend. I can't make you do nothing, but it's just a recommendation. I'm almost, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm pleading with you. Please don't. Pleading with you. Please don't. There's too many incidents that's happening to these babies dying left and right, still bursting pregnant women because they tuck some of the poking in the jab. All of this stuff, a lot of it have not been proved, but if you follow back, if you know people that's been sick, all you have to do is follow back in and find out if they got the poking in the jab or not. And you can connect those dots yourself. You ain't got to get into their business. But if somebody you lost, some some people you have lost lately, and you know they tuck up the poking in the jab, and if you don't, and if you find who you ain't got to ask no questions, but you'll find out. You follow that. And that's your answer right there. What's going on with all these people dropping dead? What most of the people dropping dead. Okay? Real talk. God bless you. Love you. Peace out. Please share this podcast with others. Don't put it on Facebook. Don't put it on YouTube. They're gonna they're gonna censor it and you know, probably put me in Facebook jail, which I don't care. You know, which I, I really don't. I really don't care. You know, because there's other avenues I can get my get my stuff out there for others, okay? YouTube, Facebook, for something like this, they'll censor it. We got some powerful people out there that's 
don't want this stuff heard, especially with this doctors and others and other stuff that I got. Okay? Just share it, email or text or something like that, okay? I really would appreciate that. If you don't want to hear about it, let somebody else hear about it. It's not all about you and ain't all about me. People need to hear this stuff. God bless you. Love you. Peace out. Real talk. Body of Christ, real talk. Now with some beautiful, joyful laughing. Laugh out a little peewee. <laughs> Love you all. And I'm going to leave you with this. As I try to do in all my ending sections. You don't have to be saved first to be forgiven. You have already have been forgiven of your sins. Now you can be saved. It's up to you. No more excuses. Bye-bye. God bless you. Peace out. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.